0: You know, it's such a curio. It's not like anything I've ever read before. And, I, and I'm and i not a person who, who gives into hyperbole um, because it's a book that you have to have read. I kind of feel like you have to have read a lot of Bologna to, to even appreci- begin to appreciate this book. Uh, and you start- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I think the first impression was that like, it offered a filter into reading his work. Not Maybe not so much of a big bang, But you started to see, like, there's an awareness of what Bolagno, what he wanted to do uh, with his literature from such a young age. Uh, And you start, and you you kind of see him, it's almost like he wrote the novel for himself, right? He published it the last Mm -hmm. week or the the year before Mm -hmm. he died. He had no interest in sending it to to publishers, he never tried to get it published. And when his fiction did come out, it was much more, you know relatively speaking conventional i think Monsieur pain was the first true novel um be yet he that he had kept it around for that long you know it was still in his papers i, I don't think i own anything when i was from 27 um is interesting because i think he must have either referenced it or must have like it just meant a lot to him as a a, a foundational stone um that he kind of went back to so in giving it to us and to the public it I feel like he was giving the last of himself away um and and doing so also creating a lot of mystery around his work because uh, yeah. then you were able to start you know if you really wanted to go down the Bologna hole you could make a huge chart and make all these little lines and there's references to characters mm-hmm. and it felt more like Two Six Six, Two Six 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 26666 to me more than Savage Detectives but then I still see that that mm. that um, that voice is still apparent in both books and other books as well. Yeah. So when you say you could see it as a filter or like a a skeleton key sort of for Bolano, what about Antwerp is that to you in the text? In the text itself, you know, he you know, one of the, my great regrets of Antwerp is that it doesn't have an index. <laughs> um, mm, that I would have been really idea. good. Yeah. Because you kind of have to underline it yourself. You see the hunchback, you see the cop, uh, you see the campground. There's Roberto Bolaños in the book himself. It's very meta. It's very surreal. Yeah, to me, it reads a lot like a like if David Lynch had attempted to write a novel, and I think he's been compared to David Lynch mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. but I also know that he was a fan of David Lynch. If you read The uh, Unknown University, there is a lot of prose poetry in there as well. And I think uh, reading through these these vignettes, these narratives. They read like a combination of dreams that are that re- re- he receives, an effort uh, on his part to tell an interesting s- story from start to finish, and something else. It's just like almost uh, autofictional and memoiristic. And he's just kind of putting it all together. And I think he was only mm-hmm. able to do that through the poetic voice because poetry allowed him to write however he wanted to. Uh, and what is interesting to me then in these little stories is that he got better at doing that he got better at making and combining all these types of narratives that he would normally use the po- poetry as his vessel he got better at doing it in prose um, and so you started to see him kind of mastering a, a technique that he had come up with that blew up into like these longer books that we know